Sins of Peril, read by the author, Angelo Ford. Chapter 4, Life in Cars. I owned about 10 cars between the ages of 14 and 21. So many cars and so many experiences of peril that I will sum them all up as one pin. A few years back, I produced a web series, Modeling Life in Cars. I built scale models of each car and told stories of how I came to own and ultimately destroy every one of them. Attending a trade school and majoring in automotive technology enabled me to find junked cars and repair them to a drivable condition. I owned a 1977 Trans Am, a 1978 Chevy Nova, a 1978 Z28, 1986 GTA Trans Am, a 1984 Camaro Z28, and a 1995 Mitsubishi 3000 GT, just to name a few of my favorites. To hear the full stories of each car, be sure to check out my web series on YouTube. All of the accidents with each of my cars was due to hubris, overconfidence, and teenage stupidity. One in particular was my aunt's 1987 Hyundai Excel. I was driving home late with some friends, and one of them dared me to get some air on a hill that was quickly approaching. I revved up the engine, downshifted, and proceeded to speed up. It was too late when I noticed the road veered to the left and made a turn. We flew off-road and down into a ditch. The car rolled upside down and came to a stop in a swamp on its roof. Luckily, my friends and I crawled out the window and nobody was hurt. The police officer that arrived on the scene could not believe the situation and called a tow truck to winch up the car onto a flatbed. When I walked into my aunt's house at 1 o'clock in the morning, she went through the roof and exclaimed, Fucking Angelo, where's my car? This was a common expression that she would often say when I walked in the door. We arrived at the auto impound the next day and found the car as a wreck. My aunt made me buy the car from her as a lesson in responsibility, and after some creative use of bondo and dent pulling, it became my first car. Each accident in these vehicles taught me a lesson, but it took a few of them to get the point to set in. As I walked away from consecutive near-death experience, my hubris only grew. By the end of my teenage years, I began to feel invincible and had a desire to join the armed forces. One of the accidents that stands out the most involved my 1984 Chevy Monte Carlo. I was driving home from visiting a friend and it was around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I was exhausted and doing everything in my power to stay awake. Looking back, I probably should have pulled over and just found a place to sleep, but that's in hindsight. I fell asleep while driving and veered into a Jersey barrier. The car clipped the cement barrier at just the right angle and ramped up onto its side and then over onto its top. I woke upside down on a dark highway. Luckily, neither I nor anybody else was injured. It took a few weeks to get the car repaired to operating condition. The car never quite drove straight after this accident and my irreverent ways finally came to an end. This was the last car that I destroyed in such a perilous way. Part of the reasons the accidents kept piling up was there was never any repercussions from them. Only one accident ever involved another vehicle, and there was typical only minimal damages when I got in an accident. Luckily for me, nobody was ever injured in these vehicular mishaps, and there were never any legal consequences. In these teenage years, I developed quite a reputation as a terrible driver. Surprisingly, I was the guy that everybody wanted to go driving with. I taught many of my friends how to drive, and through getting them to push themselves to their limits, they actually became quite competent drivers. It may not seem like it at first glance, but I actually did learn a lesson from each one of the accidents that I walked away from. They shaped my perspective on the responsibility that comes with operating a vehicle, especially when you're riding with other passengers. I think it was this exploration of limits that gave me such an appreciation for rules and regulations as a pilot in the US Air Force. By the time I was flying airplanes, I had screwed around enough flying cars that I never encountered a single accident due to pilot error. Somehow, I still managed to find reasons to place pins of peril in my map. With all of these accidents, 
One may think that I would have become more hesitant to drive recklessly, but it was actually quite the opposite. Each time I walked away without a scratch was like up in the ante in a competition. I didn't have a death wish or any intention to get in accidents, but the adrenaline rushes became more and more addictive. I took up mountain bike riding as a hobby in my teen years and would often drive up to the White Mountains in New Hampshire with friends. We would bike down the ski trails in the summertime. On one trip, I borrowed an uncle's bike and rode along a fire road. Out of nowhere, some guy on a moped zoomed past me and caused me to go right down the side of a cliff. I rode as far as I could, but ultimately lost control of the bike and slid onto my back. Unfortunately for me, I fell head first in the slide and my pants came down around my ankles. When I came to a stop, the bike was wrecked and I had road rash all the way up my ass and lower back. My friends took me to an urgent care clinic where my wounds were tended to, but it did little to heal my ego. My uncle to this day does not believe that there was ever a guy in a moped, but hey man, that's how the story goes. Mountain biking taught me to separate my desire for risk taking from cars onto a more appropriate hobby. I still ride 30 years later, but I am much more cognizant to be on the lookout for guys on mopeds. I learned my lesson over the years from driving and riding, most importantly to segregate my risky behavior. This chapter ends with two red pins, one for all the life in cars and another for the mountain bike encounters that served as more appropriate outlet for my testosterone addiction.